This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. In that corner over there, Mike Ashley threw up in it once. I think it's Harry Styles. Lots of been getting the spreadsheets ready. Do you remember seeing David Wheater make his penis disappear? And naturally, we had to get Mike Dean to a chicken shop. I don't deserve that level of abuse, really. Is this like a rent-a-referee service? It's one of those moments you don't forget. Avram, incredibly vulgar. (laughs) Hello and welcome to That Peter Crouch Podcast with me, Peter Crouch, Chris Stark and Statman Dave. With me as usual, different boozer boys. All good. This is the White Bait Motel, isn't it? Mm, We've not been here for a while. Um... I believe the pub that we normally go in is still getting the toilets done up. It's taking a while. Yeah. Well, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Um, but Dave, yeah, this pub, I can tell you two things about it. It serves white bait, so it used to be Tom Fordyce's favourite. And secondly, in that corner over there, Mike Ashley threw up in it once. <laughs> wow. Any evidence to back this up? Or? Um, I don't think, I think they cleaned it up. But anyway... Couple of days before Crouchfest, guys. Well, it's exciting now. It's getting real, isn't it? I mean, we we've booked people, lots, lots of yeses, lots of noes. Uh, been tough pulling it all together, isn't it? But I think we're there. I've had one of the most stressful weeks of my life. One day, I think we should we could do a whole podcast just reviewing the process <laughs> of putting on Crouchfest, just because the messages, the reject, some of the rejections we've had have been phenomenal. Some of the excuses from certain people for not being there. But then also just some of the outlandish requests we've made for what people will get up to at Crouchfest as well has and, been And also amazing. people getting in touch that I, I wasn't expecting. You know, people that want to come on and be a part of it. But which, uh, I mean, I mean, I don't even know what the lineup is anymore, do you? I mean, it's, it's changed that many times. Having to explain what Crouchfest is to people that might not be too sure has been a major challenge of mine in this process. <clears throat> this has been challenging for me as well. Like, I've, I've palmed it off on producer George, to be honest, because <laughs> they ask me and say, what is it? And I just loop George into the email. <laughs> <laughs> and just hope, hope he can explain it. Yeah, and we've sent you out to do a bit of press um, in the run-up to Crouchfest as well. So it's interesting because you very succinctly have to explain what Crouchfest is when, when asked. Um, and it's just there's no real explanation for it is there it's like it's just a fun a night that I would like to have myself and hope that everyone that listens to the pod will enjoy with me well I've described it as our podcast live with music and football and a few surprises that sums it up perfectly that's why you get the big bucks at global (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's really exciting. And one of the best things about it has been you guys feeding into it as well. And thank you so much for advertising Crouchfest and everyone. Do you know what I want to shout out? The the organiser in that group of friends who bothers to sort the tickets for everyone, collects the money, you know, arranges the fancy dress, all of that. We really hope you are going to have the best night of your life at Crouchfest. We've put everything into it, haven't we? I mean, like... yeah. It's been stressful for us for the last few weeks just trying to pull this all together. Yeah, and, um, you know, I think feel like we have. We, we went bigger yeah. than we ever thought we could. And the fact that people want to come and the fact that we've pulled it all together, I'm quite, I'm quite I'm immensely proud of that. Chris, you mentioned talking about the, the fellow that's sorting it all out, sorting the trip out, the fancy dress. We've got a message from Callum. <laughs> a few of us are travelling up from Cornwall for Crouchfest buzzing for it but we're struggling to think of any fancy dress ideas any suggestions well at the first crouch fest referees was a big thing wasn't it we had like shit loads of i enjoyed refs. that like we, we referees was a thing for us then and i feel like referees and goalkeepers could be a potential fancy dress yeah 
Because I, I love seeing the refs. Do you remember seeing Mike Dean and he had the cards out? I remember, he was right down the front. And it, I remember this, the lad, he was right down the front and he had his cards out. Yeah, and I remember seeing photos and videos of people on the way to Crouch Fest. And we were getting so excited because we were like, we weren't sure who was going to turn up. And there was all these groups of guys, like all in fancy dresses, referees on platforms, you know, carding people on the other side, that kind of. <laughs> love to see it. <laughs> I do love, like, it's what makes Crouchfest so special, I think. Like, we've already got a couple of seahorses coming, haven't we, for instance? And, you know, imagine just being on that train to the um, to Wembley now uh, and walking down Wembley Way, potentially, and just a seahorse there for, 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 for no particular reason. I don't even know why. Yeah, that's why I would suggest, if you're unsure about fancy dress, go as anything. Treat it like Halloween. As in, I think the, the more assorted it is, the better. And... I also think we should give a massive shout out to anyone that is treating it a bit like an away day. So if you're mm. not too near to Wembley and you're traveling, like these guys traveling from Cornwall, it's great. We really appreciate it. It's going to be so special. It's a one-off thing. We're not touring this thing around every town. It's a one-off. We're putting everything into one event here. Mm. That's why I think it's so special because it's just like, it's like Glastonbury. Like it happens once same. a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly wow. the same as Glastonbury. Now you've got it, you know, one, one chance to come and we're going to just do it the best we can do it and then we do one for another year. It's like a three-legged <laughs> Glastonbury. That's what it is. It's like all the hype and excitement of Glastonbury, but it's just ever so slightly wonky. And this is the biggest thing we've ever done on the podcast. So um, we've just got to go for it. We're in now. It's happening. Yeah, this is the biggest thing we've ever done. So obviously went heavy on the, on the promo. What did you make of the uh, Mike Dean picture that's been released recently in the chicken shop? It's great. I mean... We obviously, we, we, there's so many people that we've contacted that we wanted to be part of Crouchfest, largely because they've been part of this podcast. And a lot aren't available because obviously the World Cup starts the next day. Mike Dean was one of those. So the next thought goes to, well, what can we do with Mike Dean? So what you're seeing in that photo there is one of our ideas that is being recorded. <laughs> and naturally, we had to get Mike Dean to a chicken shop. And I thought he'd play along with it. Right, but he went so much further than we could have expected. <laughs> he was better than I even imagined, Chris. Um, <clears throat> getting Mike Dean down to a chicken shop, I thought might be a tough ask anyway. But for them, him to to go for it in the manner he did, <clears throat> huge kudos to Mike for that. There was an incredible moment where he uh, made the gesture of slitting a throat. Mm. Um, long and slow across his neck. It was like his finger went right across. <laughs> I was Quite like, sinister. This is, this is amazing. Hats off to Mike for that. Do you remember the first podcast we did with him? And uh, we went to Manchester to see him. And we were kind of, we were very respectful of his time and everything, which we always have been. We didn't realise what a laugh he was and what a great sport he's been ever since. Yeah. So we suggested the chicken shop, and he's, he is there, and I can't wait for you guys to see this at Crouchfest. Not a huge fan of chicken, I realised. Oh, no, you're right. He wasn't, was he? Yeah, not, not, it was an incident with, with a spicy chicken. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're a vegan or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's just, I think some people are wondering, it's been a bit um, Willy Wonka factory levels of secrecy, this. Willy Wonka's in there, isn't he? Yeah, but they don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just rest assured, it's all come together, hopefully. Before we move on to more of your messages, though, we've got a referendum. Messi or Ronaldo? Croucher, we have anyone else get involved, get in touch? Well, I'll be honest, I've been busy and um, I, haven't, I haven't texted anyone. Uh, but you, I'm wel welcome to text people now. Yeah, let's I'm get one more in. Yeah. Do you want to just, I don't know, just go through my phone and just pick who you like. Uh, okay. Your phone book's insane. Chef <laughs> <laughs> Franco Sola. George, George Dubai. This is all within 10 names. George Dubai, Robert Hooth, Jerry Francis, Gianfranco Zola. Ginge sounds fun. We've got Ginge Collins. That's James Collins. Ginger Easter. Uh, Ginger Easter. I've got two, two Ginger... Ginge... <laughs> Ginge Collins is obviously James Collins at West Ham and then uh, Ginge Reese is Charles Reese. So I've got two, I've got two, I can't do it to him. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay? Yeah, great. <laughs> the anticipation. You're sorry, all circuits are busy now. Please try your call again later. What? Where is he? Is he on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> 
So this is this is what I've learned with Crouch. He's fine. You've got to be so careful because he saves names as weird things. So you could easily miss someone just because mm. it's an initial. There's someone on his phone just H. Harry Kane? Is it? I think it's Harry Styles. Oh, That's right. Bizarrely, I think it is. Go on. We should do Harry Styles. Give him a bell. Ah, she's red button, Mister. Oh, and then he gave his number out and everything. <laughs> Lads, I've been getting the spreadsheets ready. The World Cup, a day after Crouch Fest. I cannot wait. But a lot of people are getting in touch with, with us, Crouchy, and, and seeing what we're doing for the World Cup. Can you break any news? <clears throat> yeah, well, I don't think anyone's interested in what anyone else is doing for the World Cup, apart from this pod. And um, we're going to be doing, I think, we should do two a week. We'll watch the games, you know, we'll discuss what's happening. Um, that Peter Crouch podcast, the World Cup edition, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. We did this with the last tournament. It was loads of fun. We sort of got together a couple of times a week, two, three times a week, because there's always loads of stuff that the tournament kicks up, loads of stuff that we can't predict yet. Um, so, yes, that's the battle plan. I think it's a good one. Uh, we'll do this podcast a little bit more regular. So, good news, if you enjoy this podcast during the World Cup, we're going to have this a couple of times a week. And um, fuck knows how we'll make the logistics work on that. Um, but we'll find a way. In all honesty, I've, I'm having a break, personally. Like, I'm not going out there. There's plenty of people going out there. I've, I've decided not to. I actually feel like I do, we're doing so much with the Premier League. It's a nice time to have a little break. Like, it's a nice time. I want to sit, you know, I'll be at home. I'll be with my pals, you know, chatting to you boys mm. and watch the games for a bit. It's a nice t- chance to sort of recharge and watch football rather than feel like you're you're working. I think with the last tournament where we did the podcast remotely and we did it a, 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 more frequently, it was good fun, wasn't it? It was a lot of fun. Like, you know, we were we had some great guests on, didn't we? We were talking yeah. about it. And like you say, there's always amazing stories mm. that come out of the World Cups and stuff and like players that you might not have even heard of before that take it by storm or, um, you know, great stories of underdogs rising up or, you know, characters. There's always characters that come through, isn't Characters, there? celebrations. Shit houses. Yeah. So much comes up in, in World Cups and, you know, we'll be there to cover it. Yeah, totally. It'll be fun. I think, I think that's how we've decided to do this tournament. Everyone's doing it in a slightly different way. It's weird because it's around Christmas time and everything like that. So we've decided we're going to be at home. We're going to, um, we're going to do the podcast more regular. If you're a fan of the podcast, if you're a fan of football, hopefully it's good news. What I found, what I found was when we did it remotely was I found myself getting progressively more worse for wear than we would normally. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> some good stuff came out didn't it there was lots of stuff that we had to cut it's great because sometimes we'd watch the games and then pile into like respective spare room <laughs> garages wherever record the pods there was one that we couldn't do well I just remember that when I got home from the, from the golf club where I couldn't even speak <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we had to cancel it everyone, everyone was waiting seriously Dave like, there was a, you laugh <laughs> it really did happen we should one day release <laughs> Three or four minutes that we recorded before we realised. At least I got that. I got absolute that. non-starter. <laughs> I remember being so hammered. I'd, I'd, I'd just gone for it, and I thought I could do it, but I'd, yeah. I'd, I would just, obviously clearly couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think hopefully more of the same as that. And obviously not that far, hopefully. But um, you know what it is? We watch the match. Say you're watching England or something, and we were recording a pod after that. Like, you're going to have a few beers, especially if I'm not working. And then afterwards, we're going to have a few beers. And then we're going to retire to, like you say, various garages or offices <laughs> and have more and, and, and talk about it. And Yeah, it's, it's what all the fans are doing. It's, it's you know, it's going to be different to the last tournament because it's not, you know, it's not on our doorstep, is it? I think it'd be great that we can get loads of you on and we can all sort of uh, watch the football together and share it through the podcast. That's the plan. Chaps, favourites right now, pre-tournament, who are you going with? Brazil. Who's going to get further, England or Wales? England. England. 100%. 100%. Going to annoy well, the Welsh, isn't it? Yeah, look, of course it will, but um, they were classed in Euros, weren't they, 2016? They do feel like they are... Like, even that speech from 
Like yeah, machine. machine. Mm. Yeah. Like that, it just feels like they are, they have such togetherness and yeah. they feel like a, it's like a club. And I've got great admiration for the, for the Welsh, but I just think we've got, we've got far better players. So this is the last podcast before Crouch Fest. It feels like the night before Christmas, almost. But this episode, we just see it as the perfect prep for the big show we've got at Wembley. It's all about your messages. And we've had hundreds of them. Thank you so much if you've sent in a message. And Crouchy, I know you love these episodes so much. Yeah, huge fan of these, just because everything good comes of these, like Carl, Spray and A's. Uh, most of the ideas we come up with is down to listeners' messages. Right, where do we start? Well, I've just had a little a scan down. <laughs> yeah. But this one really caught my eye as the first one perhaps we should, we should touch on. Uh, and it's a message from Max. And he says, do you remember seeing David Wheater make his penis disappear? <laughs> just resonated with me because I remember, I do remember. So how, okay, <laughs> take us through it. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here because I think David Wheat has discussed this before on, on another podcast. Well, I assume because Max has messaged it in, unless he was present in the room as well. Mm. He's well, no, heard... I think it's a bit of a party piece. I think if you know David Wheat, you've probably seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but let me start with by saying David Wheat is a great lad, a uh, great person to have in the dressing room. I remember David Wheat got in the England squad. This is where I first saw this um, trick. And Woody obviously knew from Middlesbrough what, what he was capable of. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw it and it was, it, was, it was impressive. I don't know how I would describe it. It's a long time since I've seen it, but it basically is the balls swallow the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> is he... Completely. You, but what do you mean? Is he tucking it... Are you talking about a mangina? It's is a, he tucking no, it? No, it's not, 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 no, not the conventional way. But he has that you would, that you would, that we all know. But has he got enough length that he's sort of slipping it back I think it's enough, himself? I think it's enough ball, no, it's enough ball bag <laughs> to, to, for full coverage. This, when you say disappeared, is there no visible shaft? None. That's Chris is magic. He's a magician. He's obviously spent some time in Middlesbrough, some magic training camps. You just it's, like a, it's like a folding situation. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so Chris, could you just describe what Crouch is doing there? <laughs> He's with doing hands? a folded, folding motion. Sort of like kneading. Where you kneading where something. You, pull, you know where you, you pull and push <laughs> yeah, I with think, the thumb. I think I know what you mean. But look, like I say, I, I, I don't quote me on that because I haven't... It's a long time ago when... Well, sorry, but I remember being suitably impressed by it. <laughs> I mean, if we'd had this story a couple of weeks ago, it might have sold a few more tickets. <laughs> so where were you when he made it disappear? I was in the England dressing room at London Colney. England dressing room? Yeah. <laughs> Who was manager? Oh, it might have been Steve McLaren. Or, no, it might be probably Fabio. Were they in the room? No, no. No, it was, it was Woody just said, do you want to see this trick where his penis disappears? And everyone obviously said yes. And then we saw it and I was impressed. <laughs> it's not hard. It's not hard, is it? It's one of those moments you don't forget. Do you remember if you went on to win that game? So the Wheater trick, mm. next match, did you win it? I couldn't tell you what match it was. So I'm just thinking, could we use this for the World Cup? <laughs> just get him in. Get him do in. that. We've, we've obviously been through some superstitions. One that's cropped up after that episode was Fabian Barthez uh, at 98 with Laurent Blanc kissing him on the forehead before each game. Obviously, France went on to win the tournament uh, with Barthez conceding the fewest goals. Could we get David Wheater in the dressing room, disappearing penis, England win the World Cup? Britain's got talent. Oh, God. Well, he, it's just, you can say what you like, but it is a talent. Think about how many people can do it. Oh. Wheel out in the final. A bit tense in the dressing room. Everyone's thinking, oh, it's a massive game, this, biggest of my life. And then Wheater comes in, trick, everyone's calm. <laughs> I think it it, would make, it makes you laugh. That's what it is. It's How like, did he set it up, Crouchy? Did he say, like... I think he was, he was slightly like, oh, no, not again, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of his first squads. He was quite new to the squad and been exposed. And, but, he, you know, he did it. I didn't know this story. So that's a great message, Max. Thank you. And uh, if you've seen it yourself, Max, and that's just something you wanted to share, then that's, uh, by the sounds of it, awesome as well. Well, let's move on. I've got a message from Derek here. 
A five-year-old kid came to my door yesterday to see if my five-year-old son wanted to come out and play football. I asked who was at the door. My son casually replied, Avram. His mate's name is Avram. How concerned should he be, Crouchy? <laughs> but if he's anything like the Avram, we know. Very concerned. Um, absolute lunatic, isn't he? Um, you know, obviously a very good manager. Done, done some great things. Deserves a lot of credit. But um, from what we've heard from Joe Cole, an entire, an absolute animal on a night out. Yeah, I think he's someone we'll get in the podcast, uh, hopefully at some point. Uh, maybe in the summer months would be nice. Should we get him, should we get him during the World Cup? During the World Cup, let's just see if he's available. Yeah. He might be working out in Qatar, but... Let's definitely. Have, I think he's, just, he's someone we should definitely get on. Dream scenario is he commits to a certain time, we're all there. He gets a reminder 10 minutes before and has to just buzz in from wherever he is and he's on some fucking yacht. Just like... <laughs> Big pimping. Yeah, it's just like really going off in the background. How concerned should you be though? I, I don't know because I don't know if he's been named after Big Avram. If that makes sense. I don't know if the personalities will match. but I think Avram's a pretty common name. Yeah. Yeah. So... I wouldn't be too concerned. Not every Avram. Don't tarnish every Avram. You know, I know I've tarnished all Carls with a K, but Avram, I'm sure is okay. When should he be worried though, Crouch? Are we talking 18, 19? He's showing some classic Avram traits. <laughs> he's down a boozer too much. He's going to nightclubs. He's coming home at 5am. Well, I think there's actually, I do think there is cause for concern here because he says a five-year-old kid called at his door yesterday as if... Five-year-old Avram's driven round. Or like cycled round and gone like, does your son want to come out? It's like, you're five, mate. You shouldn't be... Yeah, when you're five, you don't knock on people's doors on your own. No, you don't don't like... Where the hell's Avram senior? (laughs) I mean, there are some... He's down the clubs, isn't he? Uh, I would say there are some concerns there, thinking about it. Was there no mother or father or guardian? Also, your son's answer the door. Like, the whole situation's a bit weird, isn't it? Like, if you really look at it, five-year-old answers the door. Parents don't know. There's a five-year-old on the other side of the door asking if they want to come out. And then the dad, just casual as anything, goes, who's at the door, son? He goes, oh, it's just Avram. (laughs) The thing is, like, he answered the door, and Derek has said, who is at the door? Exactly. That's what I mean. What? All round, it's a very odd, very liberal parenting situation. Really, really liberal, isn't it? But yeah, there you go. Yeah. I like the idea Avram's gone driven round in one of those, you know, like electric cars. You know, like those <laughs> one the kids have. So it's like, it's banging, but it's like one of the mini Mercedes ones. And little Avram's come out, like big pimping glasses on. Gone and oh, knocked on the door. <laughs> Want to come play football? Yeah, be concerned. I would say... Maybe don't be too concerned. Well, he doesn't sound like he is, but looks so he doesn't even answer the door. Well, that's exactly <laughs> it. Have a look at what electric car he was driving. Right, let's move on to another one. Message from Harrison Crouchy. We'd rather Divrat grow up as a goalkeeper or a referee. I'd rather be a goalkeeper, but we need referees. You know, like like I don't want to don't want to be harsh towards referees. You know, it's good. It's a good industry. We all need them, mm. um, but I just don't want him. Getting grief every week. Um, as a goalkeeper, you're part of a team. Um, you know, as a referee, you're very standalone. No one particularly likes you from either side. And, you know, if you get a decision, you go, you don't say anything. And if you don't get the decision, you get grief. And I, I just don't want that for my, for my kid, you know, that kind of level of grief all the time. I'd say because of Crouchy's height, massive advantage if he's a goalkeeper. Yeah, that's dumb. That's a, that's a good point, Dave. Um, I think I, my, my kid would probably have the good attributes to be a goalkeeper, you know, height, you know, I had a decent touch, you know, if he takes after me, he could, he could, he could probably play out from the back and be a good size and frame. Um, I'd rather he wasn't, but, um, you know, I'd rather him be an outfield player. But obviously, you know, if he's not good enough to be part of the 10, then you'll take the natural progression that goalkeepers do and that's end up with the gloves on. The thing is with that question, it's a bit negative all round, isn't it? It's basically painting it like two negatives. Whereas, I think it's actually, they're both two amazing things to go happen. And Yeah, uh, if, you, if you're not a player. They're two great things to fall yeah. back on. It's a chance to play in a Champions League final, isn't it? Well, exactly. As a, as a, you know, as a ref or a goalkeeper, which, is, which would be great. Be do, do you describe a referee as playing in the final? Could, could a referee no. legitimately say, I played 
But he, he's part of the game. No, he didn't play. Oh, he, he is no, part of the game, though. He, he reffed it. Though. You play a game. If he's not playing a game, is he? He is playing a game. No, he's not, he's not playing say, a game. No, he's officiating. He's officiating a game. You know, mm. like if you sit there and I police Monopoly, I'm not playing it. I'm just going, <laughs> whoa, 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 straight to jail. <laughs> I mean, free parking, community chest. I'm literally just going, chance. 200 quid pass go. I'm not playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Crouchy, I think you've got potential to be a Monopoly ref here. <laughs> Christmas fun round you, isn't it? <laughs> how, much, how much actually better would family games be if someone ref them? Seriously, like we, we're laughing about ref, but like if you went around like my, fa- I know it's like in your house, articulate or kicks off mm. about the time, you know, the people who do the little sand timer, oh, yeah. the, um, you know, did you get that one in? You know, that one was too easy. Spin again. Like, there's too many problems. If I reffed it and whatever I said goes and you weren't allowed to speak to me and like, otherwise I'd card you and you've got to go to bed. <laughs> like, imagine. You'd just be like, no. Nope. I love the housery of board games. I'm a big advocate of housery. You know, if you spin it wrong, make them do it again, get in their minds. So they're thinking about the housery versus actually the objective of the game. I love so that. So I'd be sent off pretty soon, I think. Well, I've, we've had to, in our house, we have to have now a, a, a silence when other people are playing. Because like articulate, for instance, you have to, you have to also articulate the word and you have to describe it without saying the word. And um, I remember like, like some of the comments last year were, you know, we've got, we've got an Irish lad that goes out of Absister now. And, you know, it was just, it was just intense. Some of, some of those intense profanities um, exchanged, you know, on his first Christmas. Whereas if you had a referee, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, you are right. But then what are you suggesting? I'm just trying to think how we solve this. Is this like a rent-a-referee service? So the same way you can, say, get like a plumber or a cleaner. Yeah, we run a service where you can rent out what we deem to be qualified referees. For family games. Yeah, and they just sit in the corner of the room and when they see something, you know, they call it out and you have to respect the referee. Do they have any VAR technology at all? Set up a little camera for them, so in case you need to watch back. Absolutely perfect, Dave. Absolutely perfect. All you need is a little phone, just at all times. You know, someone might be taking from the from the till, you know, from the box, extra hundred here and there, little house, bang, straight on. Crouchy, you were too good at that. No, no, that, just get a little house on extra two hundred quid. Do do that. Yeah, I call they it do. doing a Shanley. Of course, just suddenly a house appears on. The- some vacant land. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you get to two or three houses, no one, no one can see if you get another one on there. How did you get a hotel on there? How did that happen, you know? No one's counting them, are they? No, they're not. But if you set the VAR up and you have the referee from Refs or Us, whatever we call it, and um, they can officiate your games over the Christmas period or beyond. You know, you might be a gamer, you might be a board game player at the weekends on a Sunday. We'll get the refs to you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. we get into some of um, some of our listeners' football questions as well? Got a message from Jack here. What does the pay-as-you-play deal actually mean for a player? Is it as simple as it sounds, Grouchy? Yeah, I don't... Maybe not as simple as it sounds, but like a pay-as-you-play kind of thing. I, I think you'd equate to that being like an appearance bonus, but if you sign a player for 50 million, you know, like you're not going to... I, don't, I doubt he'd have an appearance bonus because you'd expect him to be to be playing. You know, he'd have his basic wages and his appearances. But I remember, where, like, as I got older, like, I, my appearances and sort of incentives grew. So I would have a basic wage of this, say. But if I play, you know, five or ten games, or you know, I might get it each game. So each game I play, I would have a bonus of uh, a certain amount that incentivized the fact for me to. To play, you know, like if you you don't want players coming there and being on big money and sitting there when they're not playing, whereas you know you can 
obviously get a, you know, earn a lot more money if you are playing that kind of incentive if you know what I mean some in the media sometimes it feels like the players get paid nothing so they're on zero pounds a week and then every time they play they earn the money is is that true? No, I think you've, you've seen it recently. I mean, there's top shithousery um, at Atletico Madrid this season, wasn't there? <laughs> with um, Antoine Griezmann. With Griezmann, sorry. And, you know, obviously he was in line for a big bonus, big payment uh, to Barcelona um, if he played a certain amount of games. And like, you get that with contracts as well. Like, there's certain players, like, if, if clubs get in financial difficulty, they, if they play a certain amount of games, they trigger a new, a new contract, triggered like an extension. And they might not want to keep that play so you play up to say 19 games and then they're just out for the 20th so there's lots of like things that happen within contracts or within in in seasons that maybe the fans don't know the whole picture you know it might be their contract but nobody talks about it um, and that's the reason why he's been left out well do you I mean you're still seeing a lot of how it works in in various different football clubs and you often come on this podcast and talk about the changes between when you were starting and now when players are starting. And Jermaine sort of hinted at this as well, I thought, was that there's a lot of young players, and we all know this as fans, a lot of young players on big, big money. But perhaps there isn't that incentive to want to leave that situation mm. rather than progress as a footballer. Yeah, like I... For instance, I lived near Chelsea's training ground, for instance, and I, I, I'm filling up petrol and I'm seeing this, you know, kid in Chelsea tracksuit in a big Range Rover, 23 years of age. And uh, I think it was Ab said to me, you know, who's that? And I'm like, I've no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, things like, 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 sometimes you can get carried away with being in a lovely environment, uh, playing under 23s football and thinking it's, thinking it's real football when it's not. And um, there's, yeah, there is, I know squads are much bigger these days and you need a huge squad because um, you play so many games. But you do worry that the kids who are like 22, 23 at big clubs and haven't played a first team game yet and are quite comfortable where they are. And you can earn a really good living doing that. Yeah, so why would you risk that? It's a really comfortable life for young players. There's a few that do that. Uh, and they feel that's their path. I mean, you know, work for Phil Foden. I know Phil Foden's still a kid, but people were calling for him to go out yeah. on loan. He didn't. But I think that's different for, for, for a player of his calibre, isn't it? Because he was in and around the squad. I think everyone knew at City that he was good enough. You know, he was the best player in training, which is incredible for his young age and lack of experience in a sense. But on the flip side to that, like, if you are, you're a club and you have these players that are staying at the club until 23, 24 it starts to become a depreciating asset. It's not really worth keeping them around as well as, you know, them being there and not really doing anything. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, I think. But um, I, I, I do think there's a place for incentivized contracts, getting players to sort of, you know, earn, earn their money, you know, not, not just sit there and, um, and have a, a sort of comfortable life, if you like. It's, you know, make it, make it uncomfortable for them. From a purely maybe romantic point of view, it's a shame to see talent that's clearly good enough mm. not really being seen or us being entertained when that could have spread around the league and the leagues and the world. And I know football doesn't work like that, but it is a shame. And maybe there are certain rules that then need to happen in an ideal world although no one would vote for them because it's not in a club's mm. financial interest, to mean that you can't have players not playing. They have to be included at some point. That yeah. kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, obviously, we do, staying on Chelsea, but like Ross Barkley, Danny Drinkwater, like players like that who have... Like, I mean, even Ronaldo to a certain degree, you know, one of the best players yeah. that we've ever seen, like not, not playing. And, but I do, I do think it's, it's better for all concerned if there was something more if you're in the 11 you're rewarded for that or why put it on the player is what i mean in terms of salary implication because of that i just mean would it be more interesting if there were certain rules that governed football which meant all players have to play at some point in the season i think the, the side of that as well is if you look at young players and young players moving within clubs before the age of 18 and then players moving at like say 16 17 where they spent x amount of time at academy doing the work and then that team doesn't even get to utilise them when they're at the top. Is that something that could change? 
Yeah, I, th- I think like you say, like if there's some some really good young players that are, are being misused at top yeah. clubs, that that I get. I mean, you know, for that, that's why the loan system's in place. You know, I think you know the top clubs like City and Chelsea, for instance, have got loads of players out on loan, haven't they? And they're, they're harvesting them in a sense. Yeah. They're not really treating them as what they should be, and that's something that I think needs to change. Mm. I don't think it's fair to pull a player from one place to another. From a footballing perspective, it's not fair. From a monetary perspective, it probably is fair because they're going to get paid X amount of cash, like we're saying. Uh. But then it, we create this like almost awful vacuum of you're not quite good enough for the first team. You're not gone on loan. You're stuck. Mm. And you've not played for, you know, again, no disrespect to any team that's below the Premier League, but let's say you've not played for Luton Town and you could have done, you came through the Luton Academy, you could be a Luton hero. You could still get to that top, top level with your talent but you've not got that because you've just not played football. Let's do another message. This one's from Tom. It says, what is better, man-to-man or zonal marking? Well, depends from what perspective you're looking at this. Um, if I'm a player, I prefer zonal. Like, do you mean as an attacker? Oh, no, I'm defending a corner here. I'm defending. Okay, defending so yeah. defending first, I would prefer personally as a player zonal marking because... As we said, you know, we'd have a first man. Who, a first man, first manning would be, obviously, it's the number one priority. Um, but I, would, I used to like the mid-goal space, as we talked about the mid-goal yeah. space before. I'd just go out and hit it. Like, not, that, not like Dave's, Dave's trying to attack me. I'm not asked about Dave. I'm zonal. From a defensive point of view, I, I, all right, if you come into my space, I should head it away. But the, if, you, if you're man-to-man marking, you are, as a player, you are more switched on. It's on the board that I've got Statman Dave, right? <laughs> Peter Crouch is Peter Crouch is next to him. So if he scores, we go in after, right? People might not even know at the time, but they go back in and go, right, who's marking Statman Dave? He's just scored. <laughs> and it's literally in black and white, Peter Crouch. Right? So you, you cause no hiding place. You, you immediately switch on and think, I am not letting this man score because it would then be my fault. There's no accountability for what's just happened. Yeah, totally agree. And also, when players are zonal marking, you never see a player, a goal goes in, you never see one player turn around and put their hands in the air and go, sorry, that, that was me. Well, you wouldn't see that at all. No, no one, literally no one takes responsibility. No one would take responsibility. Why would you? you, you no one wants to take responsibility for a goal going in, do they? Unless it's blatantly obvious. You, you know... I've been in so many dressing rooms where after you've just lost, players go into little like groups and bitch about the other group. Do you know what I mean? It's like happens happens most clubs that I've ever been at. You know, like you're in, you're in the, the ice bath and you'll be like, fucking Shawcross yesterday. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably going to hoof like fucking strike, like couldn't finish the dinner. You know, like, and I'm in the eye, and then he might walk in and go, right, all right, right. <laughs> I wouldn't bitch about Shawcross if I were you, man. Like, of all the players. No, you always do. Even the if you're one. in a bath with Hoof, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Do you know my favourite one is when you, you used to kick back off with your partner, didn't you? You know, like, you know, when football, it's football's changed now. You kick off on your own, don't you? And it's quite a lonely place. But like back in the day, you know, you'd, I'd be in Defoe, would be like, shite back there, aren't they? You know, after like, we just conceded a goal, you, you know, we'd go like, fucking, are you joking? Keeper's shit, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can concentrate now, please. I hadn't thought of it like yeah, that. Yeah, and like sometimes you'd like, you'd give them a look as a, yeah. as a front two. Right, we'll do our thing now. Yeah. You give them a look like, like it's shaking a head. Shit. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because they're all stood in position by this Looking point at as you, well. yeah. We're like, oh. You know, we might have been like, they might have gone, you know, one nil up. Now two, you know, we, they got it back, one all. Two, one up. They conceded again. It's like, fuck, you're going to have to get free, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> you lot are shite. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's the nature of football. Like, it is... Uh, it's a blame game, isn't it? It's like, I, like no, you, you know, you don't want to be seen as the weak link in the team. And no, I've never because I've never played striker. I've always been 
like so left back I've never been in that position of arrogance that you're talking about yeah. where a goal's gone in I'm always yeah. the one facing forward you're facing forward and we'll you're just right. think about what we say up there and isn't that amazing <laughs> or you've just been roasted by the winger how bad is that they <laughs> crouch and Jermaine take no responsibility for the goal that's gone in it's like they live in a totally separate game it's almost like they're on the other team Staring at everyone else, going like, "Look at you!" Yeah, but you look at the, if you look at every game on the weekend, right? Every single goal is conceded, right? Don't look at the goal or the goal. <laughs> look at the forward at the other end. Hand and on hips. There'll, there'll be some great sights, I reckon. No matter what, just little hand on hips. or like, oh my god, like, <laughs> what are we dealing with? Like, ah. Oh. And then the little conversations go on, and they're not like little ones. You know when people are covering their mouths now. Like, our oh, shit is our full back. <laughs> you don't see it. You're, but you're right. Like, I think, can you suggest this to BT, right? I would like a camera. Camera on I would your... like to cut to the striker when a goal goes in. Yeah. I never see that reaction. Stay away, right? We'll zoom in. We'll get, we'll get, you know, all the listeners, for instance, who go to a live game on a Saturday, all right? Goal goes in. Don't film the goal. Yeah. Film the forwards <laughs> up the other end of the pitch. Yeah. Like, straight away, goal in, bang. I want to see some footage of the forwards talking to each other Great or shout. throwing their arms up in the air or like turn their back in disgust. Yeah. Um, Whinging strikers. <laughs> we'll set up the social account. <laughs> and then the Sunday league, like you, you know, film the, film the forwards <laughs> on a, on a Sunday league game. No, it doesn't matter what standard or level, every single forward will behave the same way and talk to each other as if it's not their fault and what they're dealing with. You know the old covering of the mouth to say things? Yeah. Are we all agreed that should be banned in football? I think so, yeah. Klopp wears a little um, snood that goes over his mouth, which I love because he puts snood up and then goes marching towards a referee. So, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just a theory. And like, you can I tell assume... by his eyes that he is swearing. <laughs> yeah, I assume it's not because his mouth is cold. You know, like, mm. I'm assuming... I don't know. I, you know... <laughs> But I would yeah, like to see the, the hand removed um, as a rule. We've been through so much today, lads. So much more to talk about today. Loads of messages. Thanks for sending all those in. But we got a special message, Croucher, that you threw in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, this is just feedback from the recent FIFA game where I'm a hero card. Hello, Peter Crouch. My name is Ersena, but I'm a, a FIFA international uh, pro from Germany. Uh, I want to tell you something. I packed you, uh, I packed you from a hero upgrade pack. Uh, you are the worst card that ever exists. You are a son of a bitch. Um, yeah, I fucked your two meter legs. You son of a bitch. You kind of hurensohn. Kind of You have three star skills, three star weak foot. Son of a bitch, hurensohn, nuttensohn, bastard. Du Schwätzer, du Zigeuner, du Englischer, hurensohn. Kleiner nuttensohn. Ich fick dein Gott. Well, just, um, you know, any feedback we take on board. <laughs> been interesting because this this particular game of fifa you're now a player on it so people can play as you but the thing is i get a real varied mix of people saying you're brilliant and other people saying you're really shit mm. and i think this is more about the user than it is necessarily about yourself mm. um but you must be getting this because you, you weren't on the last fifa which well, just the, it's just sheer anger i think that <laughs> but, uh you know it's really got to him isn't it and um I particularly like when he said he's going to fuck my two meter legs. <laughs> and that's so uh, good. Because like, you know what? He's just what? had a really shit game, hasn't he? He's clearly just had an absolute shocker. You're to blame in his eyes. Yeah. But I know what he means. You know, like sometimes you like, you, you know, you remember like players who, you know, if you've got like an accumulator, like a big accumulator going, you remember, like you've got, it's coming in, right? You've got eight, 16 games have come in, right? And you've got the one player that misses a chance in the last minute. You want to, you want to call him. You, like, you, you want to say, how have you missed that? Like I was on for, you know, I, I get it sometimes on social media. Like when I was playing, you know, if you miss a chance or, you know, both teams to score and it's like the only game that didn't come in and people get aggressive about it, but you've got to remember it's not... I mean, I didn't invent the game. <laughs> I'm like, I just, you know, I had, a, I had a decent career. They made me a hero and it's obviously not good enough for some, but you know, it's not my fault. I don't deserve that level of abuse, really. Yeah, I mean, he is obviously angry and we've all been there. Playing <laughs> you can the say game, that right? again. 
Well, mum and dad leave them out of it. I know. Well, <laughs> we should say that as well. You shouldn't really. I mean, like, you shouldn't really be sending such abusive messages. But you know what? Like, <laughs> well, listen, we, we, we share it. It's only it well. It was honestly like I suppose there are some people that might go, ah, oh, you know, well, that's horrendous, you know. But I think we're taking it with a pinch of salt. It made me smile. It really did. The anger, the levels of anger. <laughs> I think from my GCSE German, they called you an asshole in German for sure. Yeah. Maybe a pig as well. Well, I was, I was actually in the golf course with Owen Hargreaves oh, when, 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 I, when that was when I received that, and uh, he translated. Oh, did he? Yeah, he translated some of it for me. Do you know that would None be really good. good. Do you know what would be really good actually? Because I didn't understand that last bit. Mm. If in any way, I don't know if this is possible, but if you could just send it to Owen Hargreaves and ask him to do a voice message back with what was said in German, yeah, there we was could a... just put it over the top. That would be lovely. That. Yeah, there was there was one part that I remember that really tickled me. That was incredibly vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> like we we say what we like on this pod usually, don't we? There's no filter, but um, I, I'm not willing to repeat it. Right, so it's just a couple of days before Crouch Fest, lads. Uh, incredibly excited. I don't know if there's any tickets available, but uh, if there are, uh, head to the website at com, where you'll be able to see if they're there. Um, our catchphrase sums up the event well, I'd say. It's never been done before. And <laughs> we're going to do it at Wembley Arena. Yeah, you're right, mate. Look, we are we are so excited. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit nervous as well. I mean, this is new ground, really. We've done some weird shit. Yeah, it's, it's nerve-wracking. Like, I was nervous before the last one, and this is, we're supersizing it a bit here. I hope we can carry it off, you know. I hope everyone that's come in uh, has a great night, because that's, that's what it's about, and it? it's yeah, a celebration yeah. of every series. You sort of want to end with a crescendo, and this is this is the one, Crouch Fest Part 2 at Wembley Arena. Yeah, I don't feel nerves yet, which is a bit worrying, um, but I'm just going to see it like we're in the pub. We're sat in the pub, we've got our mates, there's a few bands that might play, and we'll have a great time. Well, you will be nervous when you're suspended upside down on the midgets dick. That's a great Charlie Adam Pepper and Paul said, you're right yeah. now. <laughs> You'll see. What's, what's great is we have to have all these formal discussions outside of this podcast about things we do. And it's a bit like when you talk to your teacher and you have to word things in a certain way. Um, but the truth of it is, Dave, yes, we're going to dress you up as a, as a midge. We should say it's a midge and not a midget as well. I've seen that going around on social. It's not like, you know... <laughs> no, a midge like a fly, like, like a, a fly like a gnat. With a sort of dildo between your legs. And we've managed to find a thing. I mean, even tweeting, trying to find a, someone that could suspend you in air was fun. And um, <laughs> and then Charlie's confirmed, I Charlie's in, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's willing to uh, pe- pepper you with, with footballs. Can't do it in the arena, though. That's the only thing they're yeah. saying. But, but look, we'll, we'll figure all these things out. And... Um, and regardless, I've got to say, like, you know, we could talk about the lineup ahead, but I think it's going to be more fun on the night and when you guys listen to the podcast as well, when you get your ears into that, ears into that, ears on that, it's going to be, um, it's going to be an amazing night. <laughs> they, they, I mean, we can't say about the bands that we've got, for example. Well, we've got one confirmation that's going to blow your mind, and we? it's going to yeah. it's going to be epic. And what this is is just the the best party that I think you'll ever go to. Um, it's going to be a celebration of the podcast, random with ass. a load of our mates, pretty random stuff. Listen, we we class ourselves as a football podcast, but things do take a strange turn. Mate, I was on the phone only this morning to one of uh, the world's greatest club managers. Let's just say. Um, <laughs> another co- confirmed was... artist <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, like well let's see I'm not convinced but we'll see says he's going to be there <laughs> so well all good well super you're going to love it but this is if you're guessing right now as to what this is and, and like and you're putting those two names together and thinking, that's fucking random. That's exactly it. And that's what it's about. And that's what the first Crouch Fest was about. It's going to be a massive piss up. It's going to be loads of fun if you're there. It's going to be loads of fun as a podcast as well. So either way, 
let's just do this. Let's be confident. Let's go with what we've got. We've got an amazing night, actually. If you, if we're being honest, it's amazing. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be epic. Listen, it's going to be great for us. Just, you know, hopefully everyone else is on board as well. And it's going to be a great podcast. So next time you see us or you hear us, we'll be on Wembley Arena doing the podcast. Chris, maybe we'll be back stronger. Chumba Wamba. Chumba Wamba. Get hold of them, by the way. They're oh, a no. Really? What a shame. Sadly. But Chumba Wamba all the same. Chumba Wamba. Chumba Wamba. So, Chris, your Peloton journey has come to an end. How are you feeling? I feel good. I, um, I know that the aim of this really was for me to surpass my peak physical fitness, which was in year six. At that point in my life, my physical fitness compared to my age was bang on. If there was a graph, it was like it was all level at that point. Um, and then obviously I've got physically stronger with age um, and bigger, but my fitness has dropped off, way off. So it's all skew. I, I've got to say, last few weeks, making a bit of an effort doing, uh, you know, getting the miles in on the Peloton tread and then doing the bike stuff as well. Um, I have regained a bit more of what I wanted to feel, which was just a bit better about myself. I haven't got washboard abs, might surprise you to hear. Um, and I'm still, you know, out quite a bit and I'm still having a few drinks. But I feel it's all a bit more balanced because of it. And that's what, that's what I set out to achieve. Any instructors you want to give a shout out to, Chris? Yeah, there's a few actually. So we have Ben, who's on the podcast, who's a legend, and Leanne, and John as well, Bob Hoskins, as you've called him privately to me. Uh, But John Hoskins, yeah, he's a ledge. Um, But no, in all seriousness, I just want to thank those guys because uh, it was the kick up the arse that I needed. And uh, I feel better for it. And I feel like I've got a bit of a good routine in my life at the moment. So that's good. And I'll be there at Crouchfest and peak physical fitness. That's good news. We've achieved something there, haven't we? Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned round to my wife and said, What can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, Let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to loadofpricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Loadofpricks, loadofpricks.net.